and welcome to the Magnified Book Club. We want you to be in the club. So join us here on Instagram as we discuss what we're reading as a community and how these picks are inspiring new thoughts and bringing us closer to the Savior. Let's hit the books together. You can gather with your own group or tune in here for our virtual book club discussion or do both. How does having a modern day prophet change your life? I know for me, it's completely shaped my faith and helps me navigate life day to day. In Sherry Dew's book, Prophets See Around Corners, she says those who follow the prophet are actually following and placing their trust in God the Father and in his son, Jesus Christ. So many amazing takeaways. So let's get into it. Joining me today is Sarah Jane Weaver, executive editor of The Church News. Sarah has been on some amazing assignments all over the world, including working and serving alongside modern prophets. We can't wait to hear her insights. So I can't think of anybody better and that I'm more excited to discuss this new book with. So Sarah, I'm so grateful that you are here. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, before we got going, you said that like, this was one of your favorite topics. Can I ask you why? Well, it is so amazing. At the Church News, where I have spent almost 30 years of my career, we have a tagline. We say we're creating a living record of the restoration. And, and such an important part of that is prophets and their ministries and the way they interact with people and the way they interact with us and the way they interact with one another. And as you start to, to observe them, you see patterns. And, and at the end of it all is, is God's love for his children. I love that. So what did you think about this book? Oh, I loved this book. I loved the truth that it testified of. And, and actually, as I was reading this book, it brought to mind so many opportunities or so many experiences that, that I know of, of prophets. And I thought, this is a, a beautiful witness of all of the blessings those of us have who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or who recognize and follow prophets on the earth today. Was there something in particular that stood out to you? There were so many things. I, I love the section of the book where, where Sister Dew wrote about President Russell M. Nelson's invitation for the whole world to be grateful. That invitation comes during the COVID pandemic. And, and I think it had been a long, frustrating, hard year for us. And it wasn't just filled with, with worry about our health, but there was worry about the economy. And, and then if you'll remember that summer, we had racial tensions erupt in the United States. And it felt like we were worried about society as a whole and the, and the whole globe. You know, we're all experiencing this same phenomena at the same time. It didn't matter where you lived in the world. Uh, you were worried about COVID. And, and then suddenly at the end of the world, at the end of the year, you have a prophet who says, I have a remedy for you. It's a long lasting spiritual prescription, I think is what he called it. And, and it, it actually, took us all by surprise because it felt so simple in its execution. He said, I want you to be grateful, to give thanks. And and then he invited us all to go on social media and do that. And I remember 
just, I felt like my heart swelled as I started reading the things that people were grateful for at a time when we were all sort of frustrated. I remember doing some research and I found a professor at at the University of California, Davis, who had spent his whole career studying gratitude. And, and he said in his, that his research had supported a lot of things, but he said that those who keep a gratitude journal feel better about their lives as a whole and are more optimistic. Now think about that. Scientific research supported the words of prophets. At a time when we were feeling less optimistic about mm-hmm. the future, someone said, all you have to do is be grateful and you can feel more optimistic. He he also said children who practice grateful thinking have a more positive attitude and that those who are grateful are more likely to help someone else. So think about that. You know, we feel so isolated. Everyone's turning inward. And now we have a prophet who is, is offering us a remedy that allows us all to look outward, to be to be grateful, to to actually express gratitude to those we love and and to see life through a whole different lens. There's even that Harvard study that came out around the same time that said those who were grateful experienced deeper and more meaningful connections and relationships, right? At, at a time where the world was in uproar in so many ways, we have a prophet who's leading and guiding us. And I love in the book how Sherry Dew made note of the fact that he didn't want it to just be a message to the members of the church, but a message to the world. Yeah. Isn't it it, amazing? We sometimes think of leaders of our church as our leaders, as leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but they are world religious leaders. They do have a message to the world because we have 15 prophets with keys on the earth today. That's it. What do you think? Honestly, just that shift in your mind, if you can think of it as a world religious leader, does it change anything for you as you listen to prophets? Well, I think it changes everything because we think of all the things that we know. And then you think of all the people in the world who who don't have the restored gospel. And yet they can learn and grow from the words of prophets too, if they're available. Now, the thing that's so cool about the gratitude message is that it reached millions and millions and millions of people. And didn't she say more than anything yeah, the book up to that point? More than any other message the church has ever sent out. And and so, you know, there's another experience in the book that that Sister Duda speaks about in that happened in Peru outside the presidential palace. I was also there covering President Nelson's global ministry and and was standing in this same group that Sister Dew is talking about. And and President Nelson and Elder Gary E. Stevenson had met with the president of Peru, and they were coming out to do a press interview. And a group of us were waiting. And there was a woman who was offering tours. She was a tour guide. And she was giving her tours in English. And and I don't think people were were paying that much attention. It was busy. And there were a lot of things going on. But as President Nelson came out of the presidential palace, she immediately turned and was looking at him. And then she yelled to us, who is that man? And literally before anyone could respond, she yelled out to him. It was like she turned on the spot and yelled to him and said, will you bless the land and people of Peru? And 
I remember thinking, wow, she sees and feels something in President Nelson that that has caused her to have such an immediate response. Uh, you know, in the book, Sister Du actually asked the question, she says, how did she even know that he really could bless Peru? The the part of the story that I love the most is at the end of a devotional, just a few hours later, uh, at the end of the evening, President Nelson finished the devotional. And then he said, I would like to offer a prayer on the land and the people of Peru. And he did that. And what a beautiful, powerful moment for a prophet who wasn't just a prophet to Latter-day Saints. In that moment, he was a prophet to everyone in Peru and to that tour guide and to everyone seeking to know God better across the world. Well, and Sherry Du talks about that that moment where maybe she understood and felt something and then asked the question, do we take that for granted? Do we take for granted that we are led by a prophet? And do we listen like that woman or want to be blessed like that woman? Yeah. At the, at the church news, we recently compiled a list of invitations that President Nelson has extended since he became president of the church in January of 2018. And um, we, we got to 99 and then we said, should we keep going? Because his, he is a prophet of invitations. He is constantly inviting us to listen to what he's, he's saying, to draw closer to God, and to live the commandments and then claim those blessings that come from that. We had an interesting experience. Sister Dew was also present for, for this. But on President Nelson's 95th birthday, just before his birthday, we did an interview with him in Brasilia, Brazil. It had been a ministry tour throughout Central and, and South America, and he had addressed so, so many members in in really large stadiums and gatherings. And, and we're in, in Brasilia, and I remember we were sitting kind of at the side of a, of a Latter-day Saint meeting house. He had dre- just addressed missionaries gathered in Brasilia. It was a day where the weather was beautiful and there was kind of a breeze and you could hear the birds and, and he and sister Nelson sit down and they start reflecting on their life. And immediately sister Nelson says, I'm going to tell a story. And, and president Nelson says, I know what you're going to talk about. You're going to talk about Scrabble now. (laughs) And then, and then they started talking about Scrabble. They said, we are Scrabble players. We love this game. And, and sister Nelson said, that as President Nelson has played Scrabble, and as he came to understand the rules that govern Scrabble, the laws that govern it, he he developed a strategy that allowed him to win every time. So once he knew the rules, then he could always claim the blessings. And then President Nelson went on to compare that to the laws that govern gravity. He said, you know, if you want to fly a plane, learn the laws of gravity and the laws of lift. If you want to operate on a human heart, then you have to learn and understand the laws that govern the human heart. And and then he said, if you want to be happy, learn and understand God's commandments. And and he said, it's rather a simple formula. So Sherry also asked this question, which I've thought a lot about. She asks, how is your life different because of the restoration? 
And I think as we reflect on this question and consider how our life is different because of the restoration, I don't know if that's something I've ever really sat down and tried to think about. And I actually asked my students, I had them all come up and write on the board, how is your life different because of the restoration? And how would you answer that? How is your life different because of the restoration? Well, don't you think all of our lives, I, I think it's really, really hard to to actually drill down and say, what blessings do I have because of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because they're numerous. There's so many of them. We know who we are. We know what we can become. We know how to pray. We know how to seek inspiration. We value family relationships. Uh, we have a health code that allows us to live in a way that blesses our lives and on and on and on. Just recently, I was in McAllen, Texas, covering the dedication of the McAllen, Texas temple. And, and McAllen is right on the border uh, between Mexico and the United States. Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf dedicated the temple. And actually, before he dedicated the temple, he went to the border. He wanted to see what life was like for the people in this community and the blessings that would come as a result of this temple. In the course of doing interviews for the temple dedication, I met a man who was one of 12 children and was raised by migrant workers. He joined the church just shy of his 18th birthday. He served a mission. He came back. He went to college. He now has four college-educated children and the blessings of an eternal family. It was amazing to me to see how the gospel had elevated the lives of one family in one generation. It, it wasn't the long view. The blessings of the gospel took hold in their lives the minute they accepted the, the invitation to be baptized. You know, Sister Dew in the book talks about seeing the blessings in just about the same amount of time span, one generation in Southeast Asia. She's, she's visiting Vietnam. She's visiting Cambodia. And what a beautiful thing that Southeast Asia ministry was. President Nelson had just been in South America and Central America and ministered to tens of thousands of people in these huge stadiums. And he ends up in Vietnam. And this is a country of 98 million people. And now he's talking to a couple of thousand of church members. He flew all the way there for them. And and his message to them was just what we're talking about. He told them that obedience and faith will bless their lives. Elder Detod Christofferson was with him on that ministry tour. And he said that the members of the church in Vietnam are the leaven in the loaf. He said, you're, you're never going to be the huge ingredient. You know, it's just this little bit, but it's going to give lift and rise to the entire nation. And and what a great promise for someone who's sort of struggling to live their faith day by day when they're always in the minority. Well, even I think of that in our homes, right? Lift and rise in our homes, in our communities, in our wards, even if we're not in the minority. What a promise that we can lift and rise wherever we are. Mm -hmm. It It is an interesting thing because it feels like when you have an internal view when you're a covenanted member of the church, that that you actually see people the way the Lord sees them. 
That's what I have witnessed from President Nelson. That same day we were in Peru as as we're talking about, you know, what happened outside the presidential palace that day. President Nelson uh, then went to a devotional and he met with a group of teenagers before the devotional. And and one young girl said to him, and I still to this day remember the tone of her voice as she said it. She she was desperate. And she said, what if I'm the only member of the church in my family? What do I do? How do I go forward? And President Nelson, so this is a, this is a prophet who's been a world-renowned heart surgeon, yeah. who has just met with the president of her nation, looks at this, this little girl and says to her, you and I are just alike. He saw her for what she had the potential to become. And then he tells her that he too was was the only active member of the church in his family as as a teenager. You know, President Nelson wasn't even baptized until he was 16 years old. And so he he now instantly relates to her and and makes a bridge and says, the gospel unifies both of us. We have these shared experiences. And then he gives her the path forward. He says, your family and your friends will see the light of the gospel reflected in you. So that's your path forward. Um, And think about that from a prophet, that message, that hope that will change not just her, but all of the generations that come after her, because he saw the potential of what she could become. I think that's what prophets do. They, They see us, not necessarily for where we are, but but for where we can go. Well, and to me, it's so impactful. Some of these stories that you've just shared is you see the prophet for an individual. You see the prophet for members and then a prophet for the world all in one day. He was a prophet for that girl. He was a prophet for that tour guide. And then he was a prophet for, I just think that's remarkable to me, a quote that stood out from this book, which resonated with me. And I have thought about it so much was this from Sherry Dew sustaining prophets in today's world takes faith, but not faith in them, faith in Jesus Christ who called them. And, and what has president Nelson asked us to do? He's, he's promised us that as we increase our faith, we can move mountains. The, the challenges before us that feel like mountains, we can move them with greater faith. And, and that goes back to, wow, I want to, I want to test him on this because I want the faith to, to move mountains. I have a lot of things going on in my life. We have had a lot of struggles. You know, uh, one of the talks that has meant the, the very most to, to me and my family is a talk where he actually asked us if if we were willing to let God prevail in our lives. And and I have spent so much time focusing on the word willing. Am I willing to let God prevail? What does that look like for me? Do I actually believe that the Savior's miracles that that healed those um, in biblical times, and that defined the early days of the restoration can take part in my own life. And President Nelson promised us that if we were willing to let God prevail in our lives, we would see miracles in our lives. My family immediately 
said, we're going to, we're going to test this out. We need miracles. We're, we're a mess. I have three daughters. They're all in college. They're, we're all going different directions. My, my husband and I have busy lives. We're the family whose dogs get out and everyone's like, oh yeah, <laughs> that wasn't a surprise. They <laughs> <You know? laughs> They are just, you know, we're just that family and, and we're always trying and we always feel like we're falling short. And we said, we need the Lord's miracles. And, and I remember when we started counting miracles, we could find them everywhere. My, my daughter was a COVID missionary. She spent the first eight months of her mission in Ohio. And then she went to Brazil at the very end of her mission. She was given the choice by her mission president to either come home a few weeks before her original end date because of zone transfers or to stay a few weeks after. And she chose to stay a few weeks later. And in that time, my father-in-law passed away. She felt so devastated because she felt like if I had just gone home, I would have been able to see him. I would have been able to be part of this very important family experience her mission president said, look, if, if you will look, he said, you, you made this decision with prayer and with faith. So, so this is something that Sister Dew talks about in the book, right? Sometimes we follow prophets or we seek and we get inspiration and we think that we're on the right path. And then something happens and it makes us doubt, right? Yeah. We just, we just are filled with doubt. And her mission president told her, if, if you, you you made this decision in faith you made this decision with prayer you you came on a mission because you were answering the the call and the invitation of prophets and you know you're supposed to be here for these few weeks and so if you will look for miracles you will find them every day so our our family said let's take this as a family challenge let's let's for these last few weeks that that our daughter Catherine was serving in Brazil Let's look for miracles. And we found them everywhere. She found them everywhere. We have journals that just document the Lord's watch care in our lives. And I think sometimes we take for granted that there is great blessings from having faith. And I think we take for granted again. And I love the title of her her book that prophets see around corners. And can we follow in faith, faith in Jesus Christ, who called them? And that counsel from a prophet, well, might not be understood, or maybe this even, even invitation right now to think celestial. What's around the corner that we not, we're not seeing? And if we take that invitation, can it prepare us for what's ahead? Sarah, thank you so much for joining us and having this discussion. And as we close, can I just ask you to share your feelings and your testimony of prophets? Very, very early in my career, I I started working at the Church News in 1995. And I started just weeks after President Gordon B. Hinckley was sustained as a prophet. And, and so much of my career has been documenting, you know, President, President Hinckley, President Monson and President Nelson's ministry, as, as well as these amazing, uh, men and prophets, seers and revelators who, who serve and support the prophets of our church. And, um, 
who who are called as special witnesses of Jesus Christ. And one of the first assignments that I went on after I accepted my job was to a a centennial event for the Utah Centennial. It was in Cove Fort, Utah. There was this big wagon train. I I remember my boss said, go down to Cove Fort, come back with a good story, but don't get in the prophet's face. And he really was saying, stay out of the way, just just report on this straight and and get back. And when when I got to Cove Fort, you know, which is what? An hour and a half away from Salt Lake and kind of in the middle of nowhere. It was hot and it was the largest crowd to ever gather at Cove Fort. There was some missionaries who said, Hey, the wagon train's late. Why don't you come in our house and wait? And so I went in the house and I was just I they they gave me a drink and and in come President and Sister Hinckley. And and President Hinckley sat on one side of me and Sister Hinckley sat on the other. And and then the question comes. While we're while we're waiting, Sarah, do you have any questions uh, for President Hinckley? And and I have to tell uh, you, I am a brand new reporter. I knew I should have questions. I knew that that this was an opportunity of a lifetime. That anyone who writes about faith or about the church would would have questions for President Hinckley. And I I couldn't think of any. And um, you know, you you get kind of dizzy and insecure. And I think like purple spots appeared all over my face. And, and ultimately I said, I don't have any questions. And, and President Hinckley looked at me with, with the greatest empathy. And he said, would you like to hear about my family's history at Cofort? And I said, yes. And, and that is how the interview continued. That is how it continued. It was, it was President Hinckley asking and then answering the questions. That lesson so early in my career has been repeated over and over and over again, because the men who lead a church of now 17 million members and who are world religious leaders to people across the globe at the very end of the day care about the one and they minister to the one and they testify of the savior to the one. And if you're Russell and Nelson, you travel to Vietnam to testify to a handful of people in a ballroom because you care about the one. It has been such a privilege and an honor. And I say it with, with all humility because, because I didn't know when I started my career that the greatest blessing of my life would be recording prophetic words, but it has been because in the process, I have gained a testimony of the Lord's prophets on earth. I know that the Savior lived and that he walked the earth and that Joseph Smith, as a Latter-day prophet, restored the church to the earth and that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is led by prophets today. Thank you. Our next book will be in November, so get excited and head on over to Instagram to see what the next book pick is and join in this discussion. 